A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, your weekly mental health podcast from Metro.co.uk. I'm Yvette and I'm Ellen and this week we're talking to Kat Metham about bulimia that's right but before we have a chat to cat let's have a quick listen to last week at secondary school in particular it started coming out more because you're expected to behave in a way that's deemed normal rather than what feels natural to you such as stand up and share your work with the class or you know tell us all what you did or go around the room and that just wasn't my personality and mm. I started getting physical symptoms like blushing and the shakes and I'd like not be able to speak and it kind of developed slowly from there really linked to this episode we're also going to talk about our new facebook group mentally yours where we talk about all things mental health but before we get on to that let's hear from kat we're going to be talking all about bulimia she's got a really interesting story about how gymnastics played a part but she's now kind of rediscovered a love for food and her body through yoga So Kat, thanks very much for coming to chat to us on Mentally Yours. Thank you for having me. So I found you via your blog Imperfect Matter, which is, well, it's about all kinds of things, but this being a mental health show, um, we wanted to chat to you a bit about bulimia. Mm-hmm. Um, how old were you when you were first affected by it? I think the first time I really realised what it was and what I was doing, I was uh, about 15. Um, and so, yeah, in secondary school... And it was a really bizarre thing and quite a shameful thing. Any eating disorder is, is awful, but there is something to do with bulimia that obviously because of the purging, it makes it that bit more shameful. Um, and it's even more so that you want to hide it. And because it's not always that your body will change. Um, with anorexia, obviously, you, you have much more um, of a change. So it was, it was constantly battling this kind of what I thought was a fake eating disorder. And I felt like I was just a bit stupid for thinking I had an issue um, rather than actually realising 
it was an issue. So it took a little bit of time for me to figure out that there was definitely something wrong. Could you talk us through the psychology and the feelings behind a binge and then a purge? And also kind of explain what both of those words mean to you. So... um, First of all, explaining what they mean, binging, um, going through a, um, I suppose a lot of people, I'll relate it to a binge on Netflix, for example. We all go over and above and we fit in as much as we can in a short space of time in the same way that um, uh, people do with with food sometimes. So you consume a lot of food um, quickly, very quickly, um, and leaving you feeling very, very full um, because you, your body hasn't had enough time to realise that it's full. Um, purging, uh, making yourself sick. Um, that's really the only way to describe it. Um, so the, my, the feelings around it, I tell that I'm getting like anxious because I'm like keep scratching my head (laughs) um the feelings around it for me were and I don't use this word lightly but I guess disgust for myself I felt I suppose like not not worthy um of you know people when when people would compliment me or when someone would say you look great or someone would say like oh hey you're pretty or you've got nice hair I didn't feel worthy of any of that and I felt I felt that you know I I I needed to actually strive to meet the the compliments or, or the comments that were made um some days were better than the others some days I'd look in the mirror and be like okay we can do this some days I'd look in the mirror and want to just tear my hair out and and cry and even now you know I have days where like I think every single human does uh, I look in the mirror some days and I'm like oh just don't feel that great and I just don't I think that it's really important that we that we accept that no matter what someone looks like they are allowed to have those moments where they actually just don't like what they see and actually that that is okay as you know as long as we're working on it and as long as we're growing towards a self-acceptance then actually I don't think it's bad to have the odd day where where you dip um so yeah for me just not feeling not feeling good enough not feeling pretty enough not feeling slim enough not feeling good enough 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 and then that would snowball to the point where you'd eat to feel, yeah, feel would, better or to kind of no, crush those so feelings for, for me because I didn't because I didn't go on big binges so I was uh, I guess the the other the other kind of I guess bulimia that I mentioned I didn't actually have massive binges I actually ate quite a small amount like a normal amount of food um, but then I'd feel guilty I felt I felt ashamed that I was eating it because I, I thought I wasn't slim enough and I thought I wasn't pretty enough and all of that so I would then you know just have a normal dinner at home and then I would I would hide in the in the bathroom and and do what I needed to do um and then sit there and feel ashamed at what I'd done and then it was just a spiral because then from feeling ashamed from what you've done I then would just maybe eat something or even then not eat anything the day after and it was always every week was like a new challenge it was like you know this week I'm gonna I'm gonna actually stop my diet and I'm not not gonna have dinner every night this week I actually got quite addicted to shopping because I um, avoided going home because I, if I went home, it meant I had to have dinner. So I um, actually just went out and shopped, um, got myself into a bit of debt, 
but all, all because it stemmed around this emotional um, avoidance of eating because I was so petrified of, of putting on weight and I was so petrified of what people would think of me, of judgment that was around it. How long did it take you to seek help? About four years. Yeah, so I, I actually, a friend of mine... A friend of mine noticed it after a dinner once and she went on the internet and, uh, and printed out, bless her, some, some bits of paper for me. And she just, she just said to me, you know, there's so many things that you're like, you know, ruining your body and you're beautiful. And back then I just, you know, as you do, you, I, I again, very ashamed. And I was like, well, no, 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 it's not. It was just a one-time thing. I just was feeling poorly and all of that. So for quite a long time, I hid it. Um, and then I, I kind of had bulimia mixed with, I guess, a depression and also an anorexia as well. When I wasn't purging, I just wasn't really eating. Um, so it was a mixture of, of all things. And then I, I believe my friend told my parents, I'm still not 100% sure on that to this day, but to be honest, it doesn't really matter. Um, I actually had, uh, my parents were away one night and I just broke down. I was, uh, I cut myself at the at the time uh, and I remember it so clearly in my old bedroom sitting in the corner next to the the wardrobe um, and I just absolutely broke and I messaged my auntie and I said I, I don't really know what I said I don't think I said anything I think I just cried um, and then from there that's when we started going to the doctors and things like that the first doctor I saw just printed me off some things and sent me on my way not the best I guess uh, experience and then I, I I think my parents obviously understandably just didn't really understand it themselves they didn't really know what to do um, and it kind of then spiraled again because I didn't really have any faith in the doctor that I had seen and I didn't really know where to then look you know once you've been to the doctors I was young I didn't know that there were sort of therapists and people like that um, I did then end up my mum took me to, to a therapist but you know, as anyone will know, it takes it, that has seen a therapist. It takes a really long time to actually like connect with someone and to find somebody that actually really works for you. So yeah, it was kind of an up and down roller coaster for a while, um, a good few years of kind of being in and out of, of getting help. And then I worked for an amazing, an amazing private equity firm as a PA, and the boss there noticed that I was. I mean, I, I ate a tin of spaghetti at lunchtime, cold, very bizarre diet. Um, and he, uh, everyone I think noticed that there was something wrong and he pulled me to one side and um, they they paid for me to go to the Priory as part of like my private healthcare and were, were absolutely amazing, like, incredible. I have so much to be grateful to them for, for like actually noticing that there was something more than just a young girl that was a little bit wayward they saw that there was really something that needed to be done and so I went as an inpatient to the Priory um, again struggled with that because I didn't feel worthy of being there I was talking to these people all the time and they were uh, I guess I just felt like they were more worthy than I was and that maybe I just shouldn't be there um, so pretended that I was fine would say all the right things do all the right things got to be an outpatient the turning point was actually weirdly I was in a relationship with a partner at the time boyfriend at the time and we were just walking in the park one day and uh, I just said do you know what I'm going to make a promise to you I won't purge again and I didn't for about a good six months and that was the road then to my recovery 
What do you think sparked that moment? Like, why was that the moment that you decided to stop? I was so bored. I was so bored of feeling... I was like frustrated, but a bit of boredom. I was bored of just feeling low and I was seeing all my friends going out and I was seeing that I wasn't able to take part in things and I decided, and I needed, I needed that accountability. I needed to like say it to someone. So there's someone, I kind of owed it to someone. And of course that's not the right way to look at it in many ways. You have to do what you want to do for yourself. But actually for me, it really, really helped feeling like I owed it to someone to not do this and yeah I think it was out of just sheer frustration of just I got so low I got to that point where I was like I'm drained I was Mm -hmm. exhausted I was absolutely exhausted from just the constant thinking about it and stressing about it and if I didn't do something at that point it was just gonna I think take over too much we talked about eating disorders on mentally yours a couple of times now and the main thing that seems to keep coming up is it's not really about eating. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people sort of fixate on the eating or the not eating or the eating purging rather than thinking about the actual things, that, the reasons behind it or the mental health issues around it. Yeah. Um, can you think back to when it started for you and what sort of triggered it? Yeah, so I... This is one of the things... Um, that I know for sure. So when I was younger, um, I was a gymnast, dreamed of being an Olympic gymnast. Um, It was my lifelong goal and I did gymnastics to quite a high level. So we would um, every, I think it was either every few weeks or every month we'd be weighed. And a letter got sent home with me to my mum saying that I was um, overweight for my height and that maybe they should take a look at my diet. Bearing in mind I was about 12. and I mean, I was tiny. I look at photos of myself now and I was like lean and mu- I was muscular, but, but I mean, not, not fat or anything and not kind of not didn't have. I, yeah, it, it baffles me still to this day. I really don't understand it. But I, I do think that that was a starting point. I think that that kind of start made me question what I was eating. And even though it took a while for the bulimia to set in, it, it was at that point that I kind of was realizing as a growing girl that, okay, so maybe it's not okay to look a certain way and it's not okay to weigh a certain number and, and all of these things. Um, and then since the age of, uh, how long am I? 30. So since I was about 18, I haven't weighed myself. Zero interest in numbers these days. I just feel good. So that's kind of how I, how I see it now. But yeah, that's where, it, where I think it stemmed from. What helped you on your road to recovery? Supportive friends was a, was a massive one, and not actually in the respect of sitting down and having deep and meaningful conversations. Just friends that I could make eye contact with, and I knew that they were just understanding in that very present moment that that I was struggling, and that nothing needed to be said, nothing needed to be done. But it was just knowing that if I did need them, they were there. And I think that sometimes we we forget that it it was so lovely that I could open up to them just maybe one time and that then because they were then aware of my situation I didn't feel like there was this constant need to tell them more 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 it was just to know that if they were by my side I had their support um and then later in my more recent years because I still even though I'm I'm a recovered I'm recovered in terms of bulimia I struggle with body dysmorphia um it's something that I see a therapist about well that and anxiety every week um and I have I'm quite proud of that I do that I suppose I'm I'm 
very I'm very kind of positive about talking about that because I think that we need to mental health doesn't mean you have an issue it means that we are working towards the health of our minds and so you know get it before it's an issue if anything um so yeah yoga and meditation have helped me in more recent years travel just kind of you know actually rather than travel I'd say nature nature was a massive one for me when I was um when I was really struggling I learned about mindfulness so back when I was where uh about 20 learned about mindfulness the power of it but mindfulness out in nature so going on mindful walks being very aware of everything happening around you um, and that has i've kept with that stayed with me for for 10 years now and i and i still do that now really really important part of of when i have those days where i have dips and things you mentioned that you do yoga mm-hmm. How do you make sure that the kind of pressure around body types in yoga doesn't trigger anything related to the gymnastics experience? That's a really interesting question. Mm. I hadn't, I, to be honest, I hadn't actually put, I hadn't put the, the two together. Yeah. Um, I suppose, I suppose when I came to, so where I came to yoga actually through injury um, yeah. and the need to get strong. So I suppose I've always seen yoga rather than as an exercise. I've seen, I've always seen it as a strengthening, both for my breath, my mind, and my body. So I think that's probably why I've never really thought about it like that. And um, and through finding it as a as a way of building strength, it's actually given me so much more confidence. Yeah. So it's quite nice. I've read um, a lot about so. Obviously, eating disorders are quite common if you do ballet when you're younger, yes. quite seriously. And there are a lot of people who find when they go to ballet as an adult mm-hmm. and that pressure is removed, it's actually really healing for yes. them to just do something they enjoy without all the pressures. So that's why I asked if no, yoga yeah, is definitely. The same. I actually so I did ballet um, that after gymnastics. I went to yeah. ballet and I actually went to a um, <laughs> I went to an adult ballet class uh, about a year or so ago and. I the I actually didn't end up going back because I was so embarrassed. The teacher told me that um, I needed to concentrate more on the moves rather than pretending that I was in a Broadway show. Ignore <laughs> the haters. That's... I was I was literally like dancing corner to corner, just throwing my arms around, reliving my youth. And he was like, "We're not on stage here." And I was like, "Oh, damn it!" I think you should find a more supportive ballet <laughs> yeah. teacher. I would love to yeah. do that. I think um, there are many others out there, and so I would I would love to go back to it. Um, so dance dancing was always the dancing and gymnastics always such a massive part and I've always been through all of the issues with I guess the the image of body I've always been so mesmerized by the by the the way the body can move the art that it can create so I think that yoga for me is 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 an art it's a dance and I'm I'm so mesmerized by it from that point of view that it doesn't it doesn't give me that anxiety anymore um if anything, having to get ready to go on a night out wearing normal clothes gives me more stress than putting on like a crop top and, and shorts, which is a bit backwards. But I suppose when I'm doing what I love, it don't really care what I'm wearing. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's brilliant. I think it's brilliant to be able to find kind of rediscover a relationship with something that maybe could have been problematic before. Exactly, yeah, definitely. What kind of misconceptions do you think there still are surrounding, well, eating disorders in general, but specifically bulimia? Um, I th- well, I think that there are different types of bulimia that I don't think people necessarily realise. I think that when we, a lot of people associate bulimia with this, you know, epic binge and then all of this purging. And yes, there 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 is that part of it. Um, but 
There is also um, the border of anorexia and bulimia, where where obviously you're just not you you eat a normal amount of, of food and then and then you're still you're still purging. I think that it's it bulimia is quite a sad one because obviously because of the purging, people uh, recoil a little bit. You know they don't want to hear about it. It's not that nice to think about. Um, but it's as and I also think that because not necessarily everybody's everybody's body changes with the bulimia because of the nature of the nutrients going in the calories going in and what and what you're push, um, sending out it, it's almost I guess not taken as seriously I think that you know when you see um, other disorders and how they instantly can change change the body it's like okay that person's got a problem whereas I also think that because of the nature of um, binge drinking and things like that with, with you know, when, when you were younger, I know that I did, it was like, oh, I feel awful, so I'll just be sick. Sometimes in the past, friends have said, oh, I've done that before. And I think it's easy to just assume that it's just a one-off and a, and a quick, oh yeah, everyone's kind of had to make themselves sick once in their life when they weren't feeling great, but actually it's, it's a real thing. And it's, um, I guess, yeah, it's an addiction to, to feeling like that relief, to feel like you've kind of actually like got rid of something. With the whole, with the, the binging aspect, well, and the purging, did it feel like a kind of compulsion to purge after food? It, yeah, it was more, it was more for me, it was more that I felt so full that it was the only option. It was, I couldn't, I, I it was the, the issue for me that I had was the, the feeling of being full. Mm. That's what I, that, that's what I couldn't sit with. I always was, was thinking, I was always thinking, oh gosh, it's like weighing in on me. I can feel it in like, in my throat, in my chest, in, in my stomach. And it was like all consuming. And the only way I could see to get rid of that was, was to purge. How do you manage that now? Because obviously there's bound to be situations that we all get into, like Christmas Day is a great example. You know, everybody sort of overindulges. Yeah. How do you deal with situations like that now? I fully embrace it. <laughs> I, 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 when I actually first met my, my boyfriend, Rob, who I'm still with now, um, a long time ago, and I was very open with him right at the start of our relationship, he must have thought I was mental because I sat there on, I think, our third date, and I was like, just so you know, I've got a few issues. <laughs> I think we should get them out of the way. <laughs> um, he stuck around though, great guy. Um, but he, I used to. There, were, I had a few times where I um, thought about relapsing. I didn't, and I would call him, and I, I suppose I sort of geared him up for that it might happen. And he would, I would ring him, and I would just say, "Who went out for dinner? I feel really full." And then he would say. So that meeting that I went to today was... Blo and he'd just switch the subject. And so for 20 minutes, we'd then have a conversation about life, about anything other than how I'm feeling, by which point I wasn't feeling as full anymore. The feeling had gone and I didn't feel the need to do it. And I, that, I had, that happened quite a few times in our relationship near the beginning. And that was actually, for me, a really good way. So again, support of people around you, having that person that can, that can just bring you out of it with, with a really dull conversation about the weather, you know, or a meeting, whatever it might be. Um, and now I suppose my, my diet is, is very balanced. So I, you know, say, for example, Monday to Friday, I will, you know, eat the best I can. And I'm, I love like my, my vegetables and things like that, but then I won't, I won't restrict myself. Um, 
I do still, I, I've still had um, the odd binge. I haven't purged. I actually had a, an episode um, a few months ago where I was in a situation and um, I left feeling so unwell um, and I drove home and I spoke to my therapist that week and I didn't actually realise that it was a binge. I didn't realise that it was an emotionally connected binge until we figured it out. And I then it was then that I realised that actually there's still more work to be done and I think that we we can't always assume that once you've spoken to someone a few times that that's it you're fixed or just because you're not purging you're fixed this is something I'll carry with me my whole life um, I'll work on it every day and it will get easier and easier as every day passes but it, it I just learn to accept the ups and the downs because there are 90% of ups and you know 10% of downs So, if you didn't know yet, we have a new Facebook group called Mentally Yours on Facebook. Yeah. And it's basically where we're chatting about all things mental health. It's where you can get advice, share your issues, whatever you want. There are no rules. Um, And this week, we've got quite a good question from someone named Pete, who was asking about how to combat insomnia. Yeah. Which I think is quite a common struggle. And it was really nice, actually, because we had other members of the group hopping in and giving their advice. Yeah, some really good advice. It's like really detailed advice. Um, have you ever suffered from insomnia? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, definitely in my teens, I really struggled to drift off. Um, and I would constantly wake up in the middle of the night. Um, also used to have night terrors and panic attacks, which are always, you know, fun. But now I'm actually a decent sleeper. And I think a lot of that is to do with kind of all the techniques that everyone tells you like set a bedtime and don't have technology in the room and Mm. you know don't do loads of activities in your bed apart from sex and sleeping yeah don't work from your bed don't work from bed which i do all the time which is a terrible habit but read before bed rather than yeah watch tv or anything like that's meant to be good isn't it and um cutting out caffeine too early in the evening yeah the advice here is good they have like the classic stuff but also like have a cool bedroom, which I didn't really know. No, oh, I didn't know was that a thing. I know that you, if you shower before bed, it's meant to be good because you are raising your body temperature and then cooling down, which is yes. what naturally happens when you sleep. I've heard the same thing about baths. Yeah, that's, and that's just really nice, sort of relaxing thing to do before bed, isn't it? Bath. Someone else also recommended trying um, Sudoku puzzles and crosswords, mm-hmm. which were really in, on trend a while back, and I think should make a comeback. So great. One of the key things which I think is in the comments there, um, which I've always thought would really ring true, is if you actually can't sleep for whatever reason, I think it's sort of nighttime is just a resting time. Yeah. So if you just can't sleep, that's fine. Rather than sort of lie there and kind of get angry at yourself and go, oh, God, I, God, I can't sleep. This is really annoying. I can't sleep. Just think, well, I've got all these hours to just have a rest. So yeah. whether you then choose to use that rest time to, you know, read or yeah do something else relaxing maybe have a late bath or or even potentially sort of i don't know i don't know if getting up and going for a walk would be a good idea but actually so like one of the most useful things i found with sleeping is i read ages ago if you can't sleep for like 20 minutes Mm. get up do something else stop trying because Mm. you're never going to be able to drift off if you're trying to force sleep Mm. so i will get out of bed and go and do something and then eventually i know i'm going to feel tired soon so yeah i think walking or anything is fine like don't try to force it because you will end up just lying awake for three hours 
being mm. miserable when you could just get up, go do something else and then come back to it. Also, I mean, I guess if it's a really, because there's different degrees as well, aren't there? I think we've written articles about this, but if you have really sort of severe insomnia, I guess go to the doctor at some point. Yeah, I mean, one of the comments our group was saying, definitely go to your GP and talk about getting EMDR therapy. Because um, a lot of times insomnia is kind of just another symptom of a bigger mental health issue. Mm. And I think, you know, these tips are useful, but sometimes they don't work. And that's when you need to get professional help. Mm. Um, and hopefully that's something that we'll talk about more in the group. So yeah. if you have any similar issues, please do come and chat with us. Yeah. And if you've got any other tips, then please come out as well. That'd yeah. be great. Just yeah. share whatever you like. Yeah. We're here. Facebook, Mentally Yours. So Ellen, you've also posted in the Mentally Yours Facebook group um, about starting therapy and the kind of questions that you should be asking for your first session. Um, are you particularly worried about it or did you just want to get some general ideas really? I think a mix of both I think a lot of times with that specific question because I wanted to know what should I prepare how do I suss out if this person is right for me I googled it but there's not that much kind of personal information like there's very kind of not scientific but like strict guidelines of like oh you don't need to do this so I wanted to talk to people that actually maybe have been through similar stuff and can understand that it's difficult to work out if you're connecting with someone or not Mm. Um, so I I was honestly kind of secretly hoping for a little checklist of like do they meet these signs which I didn't get but the comments that I did get were great um I think it's like we were talking about before, though. It's just like dating. Like, cause, That's what someone said. Yeah, because yeah. with the therapist I see, I mean, you sort of... I wouldn't say it sort of... Actually, no, it was fairly instant, I think. I just kind of thought, oh, yeah, she seems nice. Yeah. And other people I sort of talked to in the past, yeah, I, I must just be quite judgmental because I'll sort of instantly sort of go in with them and just say, no, and not happy talking to you. I think that's fine. Or, I think this is one area where you're allowed to be judgmental. Yeah. Certainly when I was younger as well, I remember kind of feeling like, if someone, if I felt that someone wasn't particularly well qualified or if they were sort of, I don't know, a bit young or just yeah. generally I just didn't feel like they were well, on my wavelength and I didn't really want to open up to them. When I was looking through them online, you get to see everyone's pictures and yeah. their name. And I 100% was being impacted by the pictures mm. and how like, oh, they look friendly or like, that's a young woman who will relate to my like cool problems. Yeah, and um, this the decision as well to sort of to speak to a woman rather than a man if that's what you've decided to do. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's well, it's like just meeting anyone, anyone really. You just that is you'll know if you sort of yeah, get on with them, I and if you don't get on with them, then you'll also know. And also because you're paying for it, you can decide not to go back to them. I think the fact that no one did kind of actually say this is a checklist of guidelines they should meet was really helpful because I just got a comment saying that you know they should lead the conversation. Mm. Like it's really not up to me to kind of entertain the therapist and make sure I'm coming across well you know yeah. they can come across it or I might just not like them well and also in terms of sort of things to bring in I mean especially on a first session yeah it's it's more about just I think you'll be surprised the kind of things you end up talking about it might not necessarily be the sort of the bigger picture but it'll, yeah. it like yeah a specific thing but yeah I think everyone kind of agreed it's like a first date. Go with zero expectation to just relax and see how it goes, which is hopefully what will happen. We're supposed to have a phone call before the first session, actually. So mm. might be doing that tomorrow. Okay. Which cool. will be interesting. So this is goodbye from 
shows from mentally, 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 If you struggle with any of the issues we've discussed today, please contact the Samaritans on 116123 or contact BEAT, which is specifically for eating disorders. Their helpline is 0808 801 0677 and their website is beateatingdisorders.org.uk. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please give us a review on iTunes. And you can also have a chat to us on Twitter at mentallyyours, which is YRS. Or, as we mentioned before, you can have a lovely chat to us on our new Facebook group, which is called Mentally Yours as well. Thanks to our producer, Sam Bonham. Thanks to Lucy Bake for the jingles. And thanks to Kat for talking to us today. See you next week. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.